0: All right, good evening. Good evening. We have arrived to one of my favorite weeks on the ship chasing calendar. And that is, of course, playoff challenge week. We have been doing this for years. Pat would go into the ownership lab, and it has evolved uh since those humble beginnings into a monstrosity of a programming week. And of course, now the kickoff event is the boomer opto reveal. And tonight. Hassan from RotoViz will be joining us to give his proprietary blended cool. boomer optimal lineup. And then Pat will uh, <laughs> check it against his ownership projections. And we'll be off to the races here on Ship Chasing in advance of the playoffs. Let's do it. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> this, is why, this is why I'm hot. Anita Hanjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase. Are you kidding me, <laughs> You
1: can't handle the heat.
2: Gee, it looks like we're finally this close. you right. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: All right, we got Pat Corrine. We got Hassan. Gretch is traveling back from watching his Huskies last night, and uh, Blair, I believe, is dealing with power outages. You know, we're all fighting through it tonight, uh, Pat. And uh, Hassan, how are you guys doing?
1: Doing good, yeah. I talked to my parents just before this, and uh, they also don't have power. They're in Delaware. Blair's in Maryland, right? So it's like a big, big area um, affected by a giant storm, apparently.
0: How about Hassan? How are, how is your internet holding up? I got I got a message from the uh, the power company that mine could be in jeopardy here as well. So we shall see.
2: Mine Mine should be good, but I just want to say Happy New Year, y'all! Uh, we spent yeah. a lot of time at yeah. the Sizzler and at the Cracker Barrel and just at the Ponderosa <laughs> Steakhouses. Just really grinding that beat, man. We do. Yeah,
0: we got a bunch of people uh, chilling at the Sizzler tonight. We are packed, so uh, might be a delay in service. Everyone, just be patient. Um, Hassan, you know, it's a wonderful time of year because you and Blair, you're firing over on the, uh, the podcast feed. We got a bunch of content coming, you know, it it takes the playoffs to really, uh, get you guys going. Well, at least you, I mean, Blair's been grinding articles all season, but (laughs) this is your Super Bowl week, Hassan.
2: This, this is it, man. Like, uh, what was it like six years ago where we declared war in Australia and
0: also coined the term boomer opto. So (laughs) please tell me that wasn't six years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I would have guessed like three at most. Dude, no, do you want to know how I know it's more than 3 because I just realized I was doing the club earlier with Jack and it was a 3 year anniversary of when I did my first top shot oh show with God. Jack. 3 years. So it's definitely been like 6 oh, years no. since the Boober Opto. Oh <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> so, oh, yeah. we've, so we've refined this thing though, you know, like we've taken it through many iterations. Um I think I think adding in the ponderosa is really sharpened the algo though, you know?
0: Mm. And the other thing is, Hassan, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's now competition in the Boomer Opto streets. Not only are there people in yeah. the Discord kind of spitballing ideas, but Fantasy Mojo tried to beat you to market with his own, he was calling it like the Chog. yeah,
1: we know what you're
2: doing. Like
0: he's biting the Boomer Opto. He is trying to get ahead of market on the Boomer Opto. Do you have any thoughts for Mr. Fantasy <laughs> Mojo?
2: You know <sighs> – Oft, uh, it's it is a proprietary model, and like Mojo, you need to suffer a lot of brain damage and a lot of gut health damage before you're before you're out here really putting in the hours. All right, he's saying not, he not, he's not a, enough of a boomer to do the boom no, out? no. He needs to post a picture of himself drinking from the chocolate fountain at Sizzler, and then we're gonna consider his membership. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Hassan, maybe let people know what do you think makes you particularly qualified to kind of get inside the mind of a boomer fantasy player?
2: Uh, genuinely uh, probably just the brain damage. I'll be I'll be honest, guys.
0: <laughs> what happened to you, it's- Hassan?
2: Um, it's just, I don't know, man. Like you go to, you go to the cracker barrel one time. Right. And then, and then from there you get like their chicken fried steak mm. and, and that, that's it. Like your, your brain sort of regresses to this like primal state and <laughs> it just, it just will never return. It's just gone.
0: Well, uh, we are very happy for all of the research you do to make sure. Yeah, thanks. We thanks
2: for, thanks for putting your
1: gifts to, to good use here, son. Well,
0: it, one we, I would say we are, this is the first year, you know, we didn't get to touch base with you guys since the regular season ended. We had a really good team, uh, the three of us, Gretsch and Blair, the five horsemen. Uh, It won its league title impressively, although we kind of fizzled out there uh, in the sprint run, Hassan.
2: Yeah, we, uh, just as a heads up, we finished well out of the cash, but we also finished like 400 plus bases from where we started. Which, which, you know, and if you think about it a, l- a little bit, like that's pretty good. It's unfortunate. I mean, uh, the thesis behind that team was the Jets and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and Bijan just having not really, not having the spike weeks that we needed despite like solid, um, throughout schedules. It just didn't, it just didn't come together for us because so that could have been that could, we really could have cashed that team.
1: I was listening to the Roto World Fantasy Football podcast and they were laughing because apparently at the end of the year, like some reporters were talking to Garrett Wilson. They're like, I mean, you had a really good year. He's like, I had a good year. This was the worst year of my life.
0: (laughs) That's like when we tell Hassan that our team is doing good, like during the week. And he's like, we're like, Hassan, it's like, it's a good team. He's like, this is the worst team of my life.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It won. It's first. I know. Hey, we, we, went, we, we ripped off nine nine straight wins too. Like just an improbable and just an improbable run run out there.
0: Yeah. Well, we got it done. And because of that, I think we're really well equipped to uh to run hot here into the playoffs. How how else was the rest of your your year? How's dad life? You're always traveling, you're a man about town, you're a studious man. Are you still in school? Give the people the little uh cliff notes on what you've been up to.
2: Now, we graduated about a year and a half, started a new yeah. pretty demanding job, which is nice. Um, it's definitely taken away from the fantasy stuff, unfortunately, trying to figure out how to get, get back into it. Um, outside of that, you know, um, the dad life stuff is fun, Pete. Like, it. it's just, it's really, as, as you can probably tell, like, it's just exciting watching them grow into, like, little people, especially when they get, like, little personalities of their own and, they like, they'll start interacting with you. Now we have like a tradition on Sundays where where I'll get like uh, a second TV, and uh, we'll have two TVs going, and um, I'm watching Red Zone, and she's watching Bluey, and you know she's. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's the dream, man. It's 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 the way to
2: go. It's it just gets really it's just exciting. I mean, look uh, look my 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 pod co host, he's done it three times, man.
0: He's had sex three times. (laughs) Yeah, exactly
2: three exact
0: times. Uh, Mr. It. Sex Haver himself, Blair Andrews, welcome to the show. You got some internet?
3: I have internet for now. We'll see if it winds right. up.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, well, we're we're have happy you, to have you. To correct the
1: record. You, you're saying you've had sex four times, Blair. Well,
3: actually, one of my kids is adopted, so
0: I <laughs> oh, okay. can only okay. guarantee three. three a, but I have four I'm kids. Them back. Okay, so I was right. Sex three times. Exactly. Four kids. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah, we're correct. Oh how, did I not, how did how did that? The first time I'm finding out about this.
3: You didn't know that. No, I'm a very private person, as you know.
0: <laughs> These guys have been potting for like a decade, <laughs> and Hassan, just like you, have a fourth kid. A fourth
3: kid? <laughs> yeah, I have four kids, but only sex three times.
0: <laughs> the
3: boomer op- it, an extremely out. private person. <laughs>
0: um Blair uh other than all of the copious amounts of sex that have led you here uh how are things going for you are you feeling uh ready for playoff week
3: I am ready for playoff week I'm feeling good um uh Hassan and I got one team together on our stream uh on Sunday and it already looks like we made some very bad decisions since it was during the Buffalo Miami game but you got to start with the bad decisions. And then by the end of the week, you're making good teams.
0: Wait, was it an underdog team that's fixed? Or are you just a, a shell for FFPC playoff challenge? You know, you can edit it, right?
3: You can edit it's a
2: shell times. here.
0: Yeah, it, it's just a shell. You're what? Just, we you we don't have to stick with that, that, one?
2: that one. <laughs> got, we had so much conviction picking those players, too.
0: No, I actually – no, I'm going to take that back. The reason you do have to stick with it, it's the same way whenever I build like a DraftKings lineup on stream. You have to put that in some contest because then you'd have everyone coming back to you. Dude, what did you put that in? That fucking smash, 250 points. If you didn't have it in something, you (laughs) can't live with that guilt.
3: That's true. That's That's true. true. Can't change it now.
0: Um, shout out to everyone in the chat here, Kev drumming up some likes for us. Uh, my guy, Sean, sending a super chat, beat the cash game King this week. So only right that I give some back. Congratulations, Sean. Shout out to uh,
1: your appearance on the Gilcast, by the way, that was (laughs) the most entertaining podcast I've listened to since the season started. It was unbelievably funny. Just, just delightful. And you had a pretty good week, right?
0: Yes, uh, it was a good week. Uh, so lots of dupage, but as I told everyone, if you don't show up with the same lineup as me, you played bad. Um, even Sean saying he beat me means he played a lineup that projected worse than mine and sucked out because I played the highest projected lineup on ETR. So if you beat me, you played suboptimally, and if you lost, you played suboptimally. <laughs> <laughs> it's only if you dupe me that you played optimally. But that that the the point he didn't having the same
1: lineup, right? He, he didn't. He... No.
0: I, I was texting with Levitan how hilarious it was that I ran the ETR optimal, which happened to be a double stack on cash game week while he IKB a 3v3 off of his own sites optimal.
1: That's so good.
0: <laughs> it's so good. Um Blair, what else uh, are, are you firing at everything? Are you, are you doing some underdog drafts? Are you doing FFPC going to be in the mix everywhere?
3: Yeah, we got some teams going everywhere. Got some gauntlet drafts we've done on stream we've done some ffpc yeah it's good i understand there's nffc playoff contests you can play in but um i'm not familiar with that sort of thing so
1: it's a much more there's like more strategy to the game itself i've never really dove into it it's a pretty interesting one yeah Uh, the ffpc contest is like it's the simplicity that i actually Mm -hmm. gravitate to because the game, no one need, no one really needs any explanation on the rules you get it immediately but that's the beauty of it because then everyone plays it exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just have it's just the ultimate game theory game
3: right now there is something I, fun about how t- removing a lot of the the weird rules that make it complicated actually make the game theory aspect a lot more complex and thoughtful. Exactly. Exactly, And I
0: will say there is an element like I think we're all like like we were going hard um, and then we've all put a ton of effort into uh, drafting teams this week. You know, Underdog has a ton of contests. We devote a ton of brainpower to this. And there's something nice about being like, all right, now I'm just going to kind of like chill through the playoffs, <laughs> Let my action ride. Whereas then you fire that up and you're like, God, shit, I got to think about, you know, optionality and leverage and all of these things. But uh, that's a good segue into our programming schedule for this week. I mentioned a little bit last week, but just so you know, Uh, Four shows this week, all at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Of course, we have the Boomer Opto reveal tonight. Tomorrow night, we'll get Gretch back in the saddle. We're going to reveal Pat's first batch of ownership projections for the FFPC Playoff Contest. Thursday is going to be a stat-chasing crossover show. Bit of a hodgepodge. We're going to try to cover a lot of ground. We'll hit on updated FFPC playoff contest thoughts. We will check in on some underdog stuff. Obviously, Sacrilegious has been deep, deep into the lab, doing some stuff over with Legendary Upside, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we will dive in to the NFC challenge a bit. We were kind of batting around some ideas in our group chat today. So we're going to cover a lot of ground on Thursday. And then, of course, Friday, Leone and Dink, the final drunken blitz through show trying to figure out our final thoughts for the ffpc playoff contest so all here on ship chasing make sure you're subscribed 8 15 p.m eastern every single night but hassan i think without further ado i think we should start this unveiling what do you think
2: yeah let's get it going
0: all right. I, I I searched in my Google Drive, Boomer Opto, and lo and behold, I have a beautiful sheet that already existed. <laughs> Look at that. I re, I could show you the ones from, this was from a couple years ago. We had a Josh, Josh Allen. Oh, this is from last year. Josh last Allen.
1: Year,
0: I was going to say, Love you, Pat. <laughs> Austin Eckler. That's the only one. Uh, CMC, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown. Can you read this, Grandma? Travis Kelsey. Pr- people forget. Uh, man, I'm gonna ruin all my jokes. I could have just reused these. Uh, people forget, FFPC <laughs> is tight in premium. Chris Godwin, Saquon Barkley, uh, Jabbar Chase, Ceedee Lamb, Justin Tucker. There you go, Ave Maria, uh, Blair, and Jags D. That was last year's, but now uh, it's we pretty are pretty dead
1: on. on if, if I recall, it correct. was very dead on.
0: Yeah. Um. So Hassan, why don't you? you can go in whatever direction you'd like. Although I think starting with what you think is just going to be the stone cold lock, the boomerest of boomery picks definitely makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, this is like the easiest one, man. Um, It's going to be Christian McCaffrey, right? Like there's just, you know, like there's just no other way to put it. Like he's like the most attractive running back in this entire contest. He just does it all. It also just so happens that um, like when you when you start really trying to figure out if there's any viable pivots, yeah, the Niners have a handful, but like realistically, people aren't going to want to pass on a potential, you know, twenty-one point uh, point per game floor and possibly also thirty-five point ceiling. Right? It's just it just really is like this is just pretty much it. Like this is how people are going to start. I mean, like it was right there in the thumbnail, right? Like like this is how people want to start their builds with uh, with with uh, Christian McCaffrey at running back slot. Like there's just no way they're not gonna. I mean, you already saw people talking about how CMC was a one-on-one. Why not just get him where you don't have to pay anything for him this year, right? Yeah, and, and it's doing like the ownership projections on this stuff. I I really try to think through
1: the two v twos and kind of what people are going to be feeling in their gut when they move because it's easy to go whatever. I just won't play McCaffrey. I'll play I'll play Debo Samuel. Well, this is a pretty weak running back field, and so the two v two then becomes like. Devin A. Chan and Debo Samuel versus CMC and Tyreek Hill. <laughs> just like that is not something people are going to feel comfy about. And you can do things like play Rashad White instead of Mike Evans, but then you're worried about, you know, am I going to lose one of my one of my running backs? Am I going to just get beat at running back really badly once once the Bucs lose because everyone's going to have CMC and I don't. So I just I, I, I just completely agree. I think it's going to be really difficult for people to get off CMC, even though there are strong pivots on the 49ers.
0: Yeah. And the, the reason too, and like, we'll get into it deeper into the week, right? Where if you wanted to play a Niners upset, you know, you can start to entertain some other things. But when you look at the Super Bowl odds, when you look at how people are going to want to play this, they're going to want to play this as the Niners winning multiple games. The second you go down that logic tree, it's really, really hard to envision anyone outscoring him over multiple games. Blair, do you have any holes to poke in the CMC boomer lock button?
3: I really don't. I think he's just the most obvious play. Not only, I mean, especially like you said at the running back position, there's no nobody else who comes close to uh to giving you what he does at at that position. So you failed. I will say, um
0: I was just going to say Blair failed because he had a chance to just entrench himself on the biggest Jameer Gibbs bowl in the <laughs> industry. You were ahead of market all off season. You could have just really doubled down here and said, Gibbs should be the guy there.
3: The, the problem is I want to actually play Gibbs in this contest. So
1: <laughs> I think we'll have that opportunity. We will. I, uh, we will. I I've done. So by the way, my initial round of ownership projections, I'm going to, we're going to reveal tomorrow. As you mentioned, Pete, um, If you're a ship chasing member, you'll get those. If you're a legendary upside subscriber, you'll also get those. So um, support, support the show and you'll, you'll get the uh, the ownership projections when we release them tomorrow. Uh, As, as I was doing them though, McCaffrey was not the highest owned guy that I had projected. So curious about your guys thought, do you guys think he will be the chalkiest player in the field?
0: I, uh, well, why don't we, why don't we go to Hassan? I, I, I believe Hassan's about to tee up who you think is going to yeah. be the, the chalkiest player in the field, or at least close to.
2: Yeah. I think this is like, this is like pretty much like a, like a, like a strong, like a 1B to like CMC 1A in my opinion, but it's like, it's like CD lamb, right? Like, like, like there's just no way, especially following his playoff eruption that you just don't want to play him. And like, there's no real solid way of playing the Cowboys. Skill players specifically that aren't is not CD land, yeah. right? Like you're
1: not imagine you're the two v two of Pollard yeah. Debo versus CMC CD. <laughs> I, don't
0: wanna, I don't even want to imagine that.
2: Yeah, or, <laughs> or 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 if you start thinking about Dak at quarterback, then like it just reverberates <laughs> through the entire. Like, how do you go go through it as you go through the entire like lineup, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh and that's that is the thing. Even though CMC is such a dominant pick he still doesn't separate from his teammates in the way CD lamb does. And I I've been in liking using the underdog ADP, obviously a different contest, different format, but you know, Purdy uh, or sorry, Debo and Ayuk are both first round picks in that format. Or Iuke sometimes falls to the early second. You look at where Pollard goes, you know, it's, many, many picks after CD lamb. Like he is distanced from the next best player on his team in such a way that, uh, I do agree with you guys that he could even surpass CMC here.
1: Yeah. I was talking to Jacob Sanderson early in the week, just about the contest. We were, we're kind of chatting and and he was like, how is CD lamb not 90% owned? And I was like, I hadn't really dug in yet, um, fully. And, That's exactly where I have him. I have him at ninety percent. I I just think I think he's going to be the kind of chalk we we really rarely see. But it's like no one wants, no one really wants to fade Dallas to the two seed. Um, And I think people are going to want to fade their opponent. uh, So you're not going to want to fade both sides of the game. Uh, That kind of reinforces they already not wanting to fade them because of the two seed. You don't really want to play anyone else. You don't feel great about playing Dak. Uh, so yeah, I, and it's one of those things where like not playing CD is not going to be fun. Like they're in a lot of these spots. It's like, man, God, the field's so overconfident. It's like, yeah, they're probably a little overconfident. Like he should probably be like 80%. Of it. <laughs> but it's, it's not it's exactly fun.
0: The thing too, that kind of warps your brain with this contest is even if you want to play the Cowboys is getting upset, like just stone cold getting upset by the Packers. Like if CD still drops 30, like he's going to be in the optimal lineup, even in one game, the way this contest works and how the other teams that lose are probably not going to have a score who separates from him in that way. And so like, even in those scenarios we are like, all right, I'll, I'll hard fade a Cowboys one and done. It's like CD could still bury you and keep you from the optimal. Yep. Um, Blair, any thoughts on uh, CD Lamb here?
3: No, I think that's right. It's really hard to get away from him. Like, in all scenarios where you project Dallas to make a run, it's hard to see how is not the guy you want. And like you said, even if they lose, it's hard to see how he's not the guy you want. So, uh, I think pretty much everybody is going to be thinking that way. And, uh, yeah, this is one where um yeah it even feels bad like you said to to go a little bit off the board with the Cowboys because nobody else is very attractive.
0: And, and I do think like if and we we'll, again well it's hard not to get ahead of ourselves but like I do think you could in some loss scenarios maybe try a, a Ferguson, um maybe a Brandon Cooks who's running really hot right now, but even like Pollard, man, it's like that guy can barely get there in super positive game scripts. Like, how are we expecting him to get there in a loss scenario? Like, they're going to yeah. be chucking it in any situations where they're in a trailing game script. So, man, uh, who, if you have the stones to get to Pollard, uh, man, it, it'll be really fascinating, Pat, to see how much Pollard we end up with across our portfolio.
1: I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to be pushing for Pollard because it's I like, I don't know how we get to him. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's some. It's, a, it's an interesting one because I do think there's going to be interesting pivot points but I don't know that moving off of CD or even or C, or CMC like CMC also is a really really strong play even at a lot of ownership because of the reason that everyone wants to play him I mean he's the, he's the the smash running back in a weak running back field uh, on a team that's likely to make a deep run or you know go and win and win the Super Bowl um, so it's, it's very, it's very difficult, but I think CD in some ways is, is harder than, than CMC. Cause at least with CMC, you're like, if you go to Debo, you're live in two games to outscore CMC, maybe the calf yeah. strain, you know, but I mean, you need the Cowboys to lose. I almost think you're better off taking like Jake Ferguson than Pollard. And you just right. like play. He scores like two touchdowns and a loss.
0: Yeah. Well, that's even the thing with like the Debo, right? Like you can tell yourself that story one, cause he's really good and two, because he'll get some of those goal line gimmicky TDs. Like if he right. steals the TDs from CMC, like they could be ne- negatively correlated in a really beneficial way where it's like, I, I, I have no story to tell myself with, with Pollard like that.
1: Yeah. And with, with the wide receivers on the 49ers, like you could have a situation where they CMC smashes, in a win and then smashes in a win again and you're like hurting and you, but you go into the super bowl where it's double points and they lose to the Ravens again and they have to throw a bunch. And with Ayuke or Debo, because there's double points in that round, you're at least live to catch up. Um, We're where with the Cowboys. Like you don't even feel as good about them making the super bowl. And so you're kind of like, you're one out is like, well, maybe he scores two touchdowns in the Super Bowl and it's, those count double, um, you know, if you're thinking about Pollard. But odds are he's never in the Super Bowl, and and now you're just like just getting beat by CD twice before they lose.
0: All right, Hassan, the Boomers are loading up in the NFC. Where are they headed to next as they head to the uh, unlimited soft-serve ice cream bar to get another uh, cone?
2: Gonna stick, uh, gonna stick around. Uh, actually, I don't even know what division the the Lions play in, but Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have, uh, I have really bad memory for like the divisions, but yeah, it's just gonna go. We're gonna go with Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, we, we discussed this a little bit on the repo, but I really think that again, Amon Ross St. Brown is just such a strong play on Detroit like just from a chalk floor perspective that, you know, people just want to get in their lineup that I think that this is a team that has a lot of really interesting pivots. And I think why there's going to be a lot more ownership, like going ARSB's way is because of that Sam LaPorta injury and people are going to be a little bit nervous. Right. And, And you really can't see people like clicking Jameer Gibbs because David Montgomery seems to get a lot of those high leverage touches and then you know, all like all roads lead back to ARSB, I think.
0: Yes, and ARSB has a little bit not quite, but I remember last year talking through um, was it was it last year when when uh or was it two years ago when CMC was hurt? And it was like the Debo where you just felt comfy with him in any script, like losing yeah. or winning. Yeah. yeah, that's how you feel about Amon Ra. And it's a bummer he went so nuclear in that last game. Because if he didn't say you got like the Gibbs or Montgomery game. And it's, I don't know, that, that recency bias um, looms large. And on top of that, like you go look at the Rams and Pat, you tell me from your, your walkthrough stuff, same with you, Blair. I mean, they've been really good against the run too. I I think everyone's just going to say, Hey, I'm just going to play him on raw. I don't need to overthink this or get fancy. Um, Even if they lose, I'm very happy with what I'm going to get from him.
1: Yeah. I think one of the things too, is that we kind of preach, year in, year out, fill out a bracket, build a team that reflects that bracket. But we know the field doesn't do that in a, in a real way. And often, you know, you will see teams that they where you don't have a player picked on both sides of the game or maybe you get a kicker and a fade or a kicker versus a defense. And it's like, you know, one of these teams is going to win <laughs> and you will now advance a kicker or defense or no one at all depending on how you've played it, but the field would rather pick the shootouts in round one in a lot of cases. And this is that shootout, right? And so you get to pick Amon Ra St. Brown here. And I don't need to I don't need to figure out if they're trailing and Jameer Gibbs is in a good game script or if they're winning and Dave Montgomery's punching it in. I just know that if regardless of what happens, Amon Ra is going to get there against this defense. And on the other side, I'm going to pick a Ram. I'm not fading this game. Lions defense, they're going to put up points. This is this is where there's going to be a ton of points. I'm getting Aminra, and then I pick whichever Ram I want. And no matter what happens, I'm golden. I don't have to think about this anymore. It's super comfy.
0: Yep. Blair, you agree?
3: Yeah, yeah. So just looking at some of the numbers that I was you know, putting in my article, no team has faced more dropbacks. Than the Rams over the last eight weeks. Uh so yeah, they really do funnel teams to the air. And I think that's the sort of those are definitely the sort of stats you get people looking at who are paying attention to the matchups, which is gonna make ARSB very popular. It looks like Laporta has what they're calling an outside
1: chance to play, but um I have yeah. them at like zero percent. I just don't think people go there in this type of contest, especially with the Rams or with the Lions. No one feels good about the Lions winning, really. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, yeah, I, I don't see any way that he isn't uh very popular there. Uh it would have been very fun to have had Laporta come off a big game. People do forget FFPC's tight end premium. <laughs> I think there's a chance if, if Laporta had been had a big game and been healthy heading into here that he could have pulled, I don't know, 15-20% away from him
1: even more I think because yeah. n- no one really wants to play Kelsey and you kind of <laughs> have to now but you're I think Laporta could have could have really rivaled Amon Ra because he you know I don't think he would have been like massive chalk or anything but he would have been a big piece of the, the tight end landscape I think.
0: Yep. All right Hassan we got CMC cd lamb amon ross st brown we're living in the nfc uh we've posted up here with our humidifiers our werthers where are we going next
2: yeah this is gonna be i mean it's kind of what patch just alluded to it but it's gonna have to be travis kelsey and you can tell people telling themselves like a story and the story sucks like is this gonna be like well travis kelsey like the chiefs have been saving like all their trick plays oh they're down but not out like you can tell them like you can see the mental gymnastics people will do to keep playing Travis Kelsey, even though his, I mean, the Chiefs themselves have not looked like a strong offense. But at the same time, like, your other really viable tight end is probably Dallas Goddard. But, like, from a from a true, you know, optimal projections perspective, I just see Travis Kelsey on, like, I don't know what got bottom at bat, but, like, at 50% of the lineups. I have him at 53%. Oh, okay, so okay, yeah, I gotta I'm, I'm gonna no. do a round of projections. <laughs> I'm gonna do a round of projections. So so I haven't yeah, I haven't and just 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 off, but yeah, but like but it's just it's just one of those things, like the Laporta injury really is gonna have people just flocking to Kelsey because like there's just no way people are gonna go in not feeling like they don't want the you know the FFPC one oh six or one oh three or whatever he was on their roster.
0: It's it's crazy too because Blair, if I just ugh, I, obviously it's tight end premium. Even I am somewhat forgetting as I ask this question, but like <laughs> straight up, would you rather have Rashi Rice? Like if you threw out positional stuff of just like who scores more points through the uh, the Chiefs playoff run?
3: Yeah, I think I would just based on uh, mostly the recent play of both of these guys, um, but but yeah, I mean the the tight end premium. Makes a bit of a difference. I mean, that's the only thing where, um, you know, I do think Kelsey is going to be the highest owned tight end, but I think there are some ways to play tight end position that are interesting enough that he might not be as popular, right? You have guys like Njoku, you have Isaiah Likely, even you have uh, Goddard, Goddard, right? Yeah. So, so, um, this is a year I think where we might not get the the Kelsey um you know so overwhelmingly I, above the field.
1: Yeah, that was my read that he wouldn't be like that at first, but then I think a few things. One, we lost Laporta, but two, we lost Evan Ingram.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So that I mean, that's another we and then Dalton Schultz won't won't really get that much. So that's that's a big chunk of tight end ownership. And then I just, I don't think people are feeling that good about playing Mahomes, especially with the bills as the two seed. I think you're going to see quarterback ownership really consolidate to Lamar and Josh Allen. So uh, in, in years past, we saw Mahomes, you know, as a somewhat popular play. Uh, I think he'll be less popular than usual just because, you want to play the other quarterbacks as opposed to you're gonna you're not thinking about the Chiefs first like you you often did. So it, it all just kind of pushes people to Kelsey as like uh I guess I'll play Kelsey.
0: I is. do, I think I'm closer to Blair. I do think he, he will still be the most popular chief, but I think when you think through how down people are on the chiefs, like as opposed to that Rams-Lions game where people are going to look at that total sea shootout, everyone here is going to see the frigid temperatures, Kansas City, it's like people can talk themselves into Pacheco, they can talk themselves into Rice, and they can also talk themselves into soft fading mm-hmm. uh, the chiefs as well. Like I think you could say I'll play the defense against this banged up, Uh, Team too, so I do wonder if it gets watered down in a way. Like right now, I might bet the under on fifty percent. Kelsey, I think I would. Yeah,
2: I think I think I kind of still I'm kind of still with Pat. Although although I I did I did play a lot around with the idea of like having Pacheco here instead of Kelsey, like you said, because of the because of the weather. Um, And I think I think the one big thing that push people off of Kelsey and onto another tight end probably Goddard will be uh, something that we're still going to have to... We're going to have to all monitor A.J. Brown's injury situation that's a, big, the, that's a big. That's a big thing, yeah. yeah. That's, that's going to be the big one.
3: Where do you have ownership on David Njoku? Because he's the other guy who I'm probably looking at as the next candidate for most owned uh, titles. Where do
1: I have Njoku? Um, let's see. Njoku, I have it 29%. Yeah. I'm just thinking because...
3: You know, it's either hard fade Cleveland, Cleveland defense, or Njoku. Basically, those are your only options. Uh, what Although, about Amari?
0: I mean, Amari ripped these guys a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, just like... Just
3: like <laughs> I mean, no, we're you not know, yeah, even yeah, considering right. Amari, who, who like was the <laughs> most best ball? Or not play Amari play-up. is the most boomer pick in this contest, so you're right about
1: that. Yeah. I have Amari and Njoku dead even, because I, I just... And I, I guess the, AJ Brown, if AJ Brown's healthy, maybe that pushes more people to Njoku. If he's not healthy, then people go Amari and you can go more Goddard. So I think and, it, and
0: I would say, yeah, like over the years, too, like again, the boomers ideally they want to lean in to the tight end premium and they want that pick to come from like a point of like dominance, right? Where it was mm-hmm. like the the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. All right, I got the 1.5. I got the guy headed to the Super Bowl. This is the first year it's kind of shaky, but that is the only reason I'm like playing devil's advocate to my own argument of why I don't know if they'll funnel all the way into Najoku because people will get so spooked about, oh, I'm going to lose that 1.5 if they go one and done, or they head to Baltimore and get smoked. You know, like I think that psychology of like the zero at tight end, might loom large, even though that's not ultimately like how the scoring of this contest works. But I do think the Kelsey click will ultimately feel more comfy. I just think it's going to be maybe a little bit more spread out, Chiefs wise. I could
1: see that. Yeah, I actually lowered um, Kelsey to 48% based on your guys' feedback and, and bumped Pacheco up to 30. Um, But I don't think many people go to Rice. I think you're either going Pacheco and you're playing it like Chiefs win in round one and, and they kind of go through him in bad weather, or you just get the tight end premium and get tight end taken care of. I think Rice will be pretty low owned.
3: Do you think many people go like, I know Mahomes hasn't played well, but he's the Tom Brady of our era. You just don't bet against him in the playoffs. I'm happy putting in Mahomes.
1: I have him and Hurts at five percent each. With that in mind, of just there's gonna be some people who are like, it's Mahomes, and then with Hurts, it's like, I mean, Tush Push and all the scoring he has. Like, yeah. if they make a run, he's gonna be he's gonna be optimal. So, um, yeah, I think there are some people like that, uh, and you know, and it, it makes sense. Like, if they make a run and it's more spread out, um, you have like Mahomes, CMC in the Super Bowl, you feel pretty good about that.
0: Yeah. Well, just talking that out, I'll probably be pounding the table for a little bit of uh, Rashi Rice in our portfolio.
1: He does there. feel like a good pick to me. I think he yeah. he's a, a good contrarian pivot.
0: Because it, in the it's almost like the inverse of like chalk ARSB where I can tell myself stories of like unpopular Rashi Rice getting there in both game scripts. Like Chiefs win two mm-hmm. games, Rashi could be optimal. They go one and done, but they get in a little back and forth with the Dolphins and he's there their top pass catcher. Like I can I can mm-hmm. see that for sure. Um all right, Hassan, where do you want to take us next?
1: Can wait one thing before we go oh, yeah. off, off of I just want to shout out there was a comment uh from Historical Anomaly Anomalies. Uh, pro Kelsey here saying boomers are forced to listen to Taylor Swift by their daughters.
0: That's <laughs> true. There is there was some good comments in here about how uh, the boomers were going to handle them. I think Phil, uh, shout out producer Phil tonight, saying uh, that the boomers uh, or no, here Nick first said boomers hundred percent think Kelsey <laughs> is <it> fo- <laughs> yeah, because of Taylor, and then Phil said uh, the boomers don't love Mister Pfizer. Either. That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. You guys make some um all right Blair or uh Hassan where are we going
2: um we're gonna probably stick a wide receiver in the flex and this isn't this is also another just another easy pick it'd probably be Tyreek Hill would be your one Miami pick right like I think people are just gonna throw like throw caution to the wind this is like even though it's there's supposed to be light gusts of wind or whatever and it's supposed to be cold I think people are just gonna say screw it like you want Tyreek Hill like you know. I think Devin Achan's a phenomenal, like just a phenomenal play in this in this contest is given how weak running back is and people aren't going to necessarily want to play him. But like, it's really hard to argue against Tyreek Hill, especially with Jalen Waddle's, you know, like if Waddle plays, like I would expect that he's more uh, decoy than not. And this could be like, an, you know, if this game does shoot out or as people are hoping it shoots out, like Tyreek Hill is another guy who's just going to bury you in the one game.
0: Yeah, this is another one I would say similar to the C.D. Lamb separating from his teammates. You know, Tyreek just separates in such a big way. You can look at the underdog ADPs. Tyreek Hill ADP of seven. It's not till Mostert at twenty-five, H.N. at thirty, Waddle at thirty-one. Just like a pretty big gap here, um, and people are spooked, myself included, about this version of the Dolphins team. But even through all of that spookage like Tyreek Hill always feels good. It's just like, he's the focal point of their offense. There's like, unless he gets hurt, it's almost impossible to not see him, you know, contributing a decent score to your squad.
1: And this is one where I don't think people want to really fade this game um, because of, they don't really want to have to fade like these teams because you have such an obvious click in Tyreek. And then the chiefs are playing at home. So, this, you know, everything you said, Pete, about wanting to have your tight end, I agree with. But if I don't have my tight end, but I have two games of Tyreek Hill, okay, that's cool. Yeah. So, that makes it tougher, though, to come off of Tyreek Hill for a Devin Achan for the field because it's like if I'm losing Kelsey and then I have Devin Achan, I need Achan to outscore Tyreek Hill over two games. And now I don't have a tight end in a tight end premium format.
0: I'd rather just pick Tyreek and I'm, I'm good either way. And I don't think people want to deal almost with like the Gibbs Montgomery thing. I feel like people don't want to deal with the H and Mostert right. combo, even if they win a game. It's like, well, what if I play Han and he doesn't rip off a big play and Mostert gets two goal line TDs. I'll feel like such an idiot.
1: Or, or he doesn't have a big game that Mostert's healthy the following week. And you know,
0: yeah. Uh, Blair, you see people getting anywhere other than uh Tyree kill here
3: uh no not really i don't i mean i really do like the h chan call i think he's a a really nice pick in this game especially matching up against the chiefs who are not not great at stopping you know like missed tackles and yards after contact so um that's a nice a nice uh play when he's going to be so unpopular but yeah i don't think most people go anywhere but tyree kill here
0: yep um, all right, that one feels uh like a pretty easy fill in spot here. What do you got next, Hassan?
2: Yeah, this is where uh decisions have to be made a little bit, and this is where um I was I was bringing our, our, our chat just to get your your take on this, but I think uh Stefan Diggs unfortunately makes his way here in, you know, in for me. Um, Buffalo Bills getting the two seed really buggered it up for everyone and also digs actually putting in together a fairly solid game really really messed it up a little bit um i was really toying around with the idea of james cook but i genuinely couldn't see myself as to how many people are going to actually click james cook which makes him you know frankly a very interesting pick in this tournament just because you expect them to pay at least two games i was you know playing around with the idea of josh allen a quarterback but i just couldn't get there unfortunately and so that's where i think people are still going to want a buffalo bill and they're not going to want a gabe davis they're not going to want james cook they're not going to want kincaid they're not going to want anybody else or right so it's either josh allen or Diggs, but in this lineup like i could only get Diggs to work and that makes sense yeah
0: yeah um yeah, because Allen's the only other guy that I think people will gravitate to, but he is not going to be more popular than the quarterback that you put in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting because Diggs, Diggs has kind of been the wide receiver version of Travis Kelsey this year and that mm. everyone still has fond memories. They still like the offense, but his form hasn't really been there. It's weird because his underlying usage has still been pretty good, like looking at his you know, market share and stuff. And you even watched last game. I mean, holy cow, Josh Allen just barely missed him for what would have been a massive TD that would have caused his ownership to jump by about 15% here. Um, so yeah, I do think, Ultimately, Diggs will be in the Boomer Opto, but not in a way that maybe fully separates him from Josh Allen. Like that push pull, I think will be pretty interesting this week.
1: Yeah, I think they both end up very chalky, but I agree with Hassan that it's difficult to go with Allen as the most is the highest owned guy here because it really is. Well, then. Now I have to pick a non-Lamar Raven. And the upside of it is a little bit muted by all this weather stuff. Like they're going against the Steelers. The upside, right, is that they're basically getting this free extra game against the Steelers that everyone expects them to win. And so, you know, you're getting the quarterback who gets to play four games and it's a high-scoring quarterback like Josh Allen. That's super appealing. And in a lot of cases, you know, different versions of the season – Allen would be like mega chalk with this setup, but because you're not as excited about his scoring in this game. And then like, there's just not a, a Raven. That's a fun click at all. I think people probably just play it through digs more often than not.
0: Yep. And if you do the two V two thing, right? Like the only guy you would consider would be Zay. And if you're doing, uh, like a Zay, Josh Allen versus Lamar Diggs, like the Boomers are going to side to the Lamar Diggs side there. Mm. And it is such a bummer that we don't have a healthy Mark Andrews because then all of a sudden he becomes the pole position, tight end, quarterback gets further spread out. That's a bummer we don't have that.
3: It's interesting Um, because if Buffalo had lost that game to Miami, you you could see – some kind of fade of buffalo being one of the most popular positions um but just because they have the number two seed i think you can't fade them i wonder how many people are gonna play them through the kicker or defense anyway just because they're not
1: that interesting i have 97 percent of the fields playing a a (laughs) bill yeah right not counting kicker d
0: yeah the the thing is is like it's the same thing with how people think through the CMC stuff, like pe- the field will naturally want to play the the buy team as headed to the Super Bowl. Like that will be the default thinking, and if you're doing that, then you're going to want to play their best fantasy position. So, it, I I think it's certainly viable to like soft fade and do the Tucker stuff or do the Zay flower stuff. But the Boomers will be playing the Ravens to the Super Bowl in a very weak AFC, and they will want to capture all of that through Lamar Jackson.
1: I mean, even if you had a healthy J.K. Dobbins, I think yeah. you, you'd you have less Lamar. But it's just like, man, it's really just Zay Flowers. And, I mean, you, you'll see some Zay Flowers ownership, but it's not a super fun click.
0: No.
1: So, Isaiah, likely can
0: not can a I, Can click. I do this while we're, we're comboing yes, this conversation?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is – I mean, but this is where, like, we had this discussion – but this is really where what makes this like the boomer optimal versus like, you know, a lineup that actually has a story to it. Right. Like this is just how it's, it's unfortunate, but this is how it's going to be. Right. Like, and then people can talk to themselves into Lamar's got all the wrestling usage. Even if he only plays two games, he's going to put up like three games worth of production. Right. Like you just get all the, all the arguments and like, like who else are you going to play? Like like Gus Edwards is probably going to catch what two and a half percent ownership. Likely, it's going to catch like five percent ownership. Like 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 you're not you're not actually going to be playing OBJ or Nelson Aguilar or any of those guys, right? So, I mean, the uh, the only other one is uh like again, Docker could be one with Josh Allen at your quarterback position, and then you essentially play the lineup as a as a Baltimore will lose to Buffalo. Who will they play four games, right? But I just cannot yeah. see people playing that,
0: yeah, because that'll be people who soft fade, um, the number Baltimore one and team. say, Hey, Cleveland or Houston goes in there and upsets them, I'll play Tucker or Zay.
3: I mean, I do wonder how many people, boomers in particular, are going to remember when the Ravens were in a very similar situation a couple years ago and lost to Tennessee
0: <laughs> and to the Titans, yeah,
3: and kind of. You know Lamar can't win in the playoffs. You can't you can't play him in this playoffs. It's probably not a very popular take, but um uh, maybe more than we expect.
1: I do think you'll see I have five percent Justin Tucker, and so I have only um 94 of the field playing a Raven, um, you know, not doing a soft fade on the Ravens. So I have a six percent combined soft fade, hard fade on the Ravens. That's only three percent for the Bills, it's only two percent for the Cowboys, 1% for the 49ers, 6% for the Dolphins, um, tied with the Ravens there. So they're not like, you know, one of these 49ers types teams where I think like literally everyone plays a 49er. Um, and, I, you know, so I think you get a little bit of that fade element that you're talking about, Blair, but also because you can play it through Tucker. You're yeah. like, this is actually the best pivot I've got It's just betting on them <laughs> to lose.
0: They, the sentiment too for the Ravens is like very, like they have had some marquee wins in big primetime spots. Like that game against the Niners is firmly imprinted mm-hmm, in people's mm-hmm. memories. Then they just absolutely ragdolled the Dolphins. They had a really huge win over the uh, Lions earlier this season. Like they're a team that I think people respect in a way that even if people still have some lingering doubts, like is this a Super Bowl team? Uh, I think they're still going to want to play them as a team that wins two games. And, and they, what you also have going for the Lamar Jackson ownership. It's just like, who's scary outside of Josh Allen right now in the bills yes. at like really getting hot and making a run. And if you're going to make that bet, the Ravens bet for that feels way more comfy, you know, than, than Betty. It's like Josh Allen, like, that could go disastrous, like very quickly. Whereas Lamar, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to get two wins, right. Or I'm going to get them to the the conference championship game. That's, that's the psychology I think going through the boomers right now. Right.
3: Right. And the other teams that you can think of making a run, like on the NFC side already have guys who you'd rather play than the quarterbacks, CMC and CD. So you can't get to Purdy. You can't get to deck. So uh, yeah, Jackson is just the obvious.
2: Yeah. yeah. that I mean,
1: it's one of these, it's a weird contest cuz you're like, man, Dak is is a good pick. Like if you're betting on the 40 or betting on the Cowboys to make the Super Bowl, take Dak, but then it's like, all right, but even if they make the Super Bowl, I'm showing up with with Dak, Zay versus Lamar CD teams,
0: right? Good god. Yeah. And when you look at like even just the Super Bowl odds too, I mean the Ravens and Niners are such overwhelming favorites, you know, the Bills are the third, but they're like half the odds of the Ravens too, mm-hmm. like people are going to want to have the two highest scores in the Super Bowl, and that's going to be Lamar Jackson and CMC. As people play that out um, in their heads, um, we'll get to this right. a little bit more. But yeah. the
1: just a, a comment here from Nick uh, says he feels like the fade number on Miami needs to come up. We we talked the Tyree Hill thing, but but my thinking there was that basically Hill will be such a comfy click that people will play. Him, like, almost like, I don't care if they win or not, because, you know, it's kind of like the Amon Ross St. Brown one where it's like, I don't have to worry about whether or not what happens in this game. I'm going to take Kelsey Hill and I'll, I'll go pick my my losing teams elsewhere.
0: And the thing, the other people thing people have to realize too, it's, it's not saying you can't, you can't fade or soft fade by heavy. You absolutely can. But when you think about how the field is going to do this, they're going to look at the biggest underdogs and you're basically saying, all right, if I'm not playing Tyreek there, I'm going to play Jaden Reed or George Pickens. I'm basically subbing in another guy because I'm, you know, soft or full fading the dolphins. And it's like, yeah, you can do that. I think it's viable. But the field is going to be playing Tyreek Hill over Jane Reed over George Pickens at a much much higher clip. Yep. Um. All right, Hassan, where do we go next?
2: Yeah. So we, we we discussed him earlier, but like, and I just did a quick Google search. We don't have enough information on him, but I, as of right now, I'm just going to assume he's playing. So AJ Brown is probably going to be is probably going to be the play. Um the the big the big caveat here with AJ Brown is I think that ownership will gravitate towards Dallas Goddard not Devonta Smith if only because I think people would prefer to play this through the tight end premium in the event that we're not feeling it so I'm like those are the two Eagles guys that I'm willing to sort of put here I'm I'm willing to say AJ Brown will be the most the, the highest the higher owned um, but in the event that AJ doesn't play or is like looking that he's like gonna be limited. <laughs> um, I think I think ownership will gravitate more towards Dallas Gardner again because um I think people would much rather have that one and a half point per per reception. So I w- so this is like it's like a hedging take a little bit, and unfortunately. Uh, I hate being a gardener about this, but like it, it just we just don't know right now with AJ Brown, and we and we're not going to know because of how late this game is. Yeah, we
0: don't know yet. Um, that does is, make it really tricky. It does. Yeah. It mm-hmm. does.
1: the The thing I I'll note, you know, as we talk about the Miami hard fade, the the Eagles hard fade is going to feel better than the yeah. Dolphins hard fade because AJ Brown's not going to be as fun of a click as he usually is. And Goddard, while I think will be the secondary Eagles chalk, I have him above Smith as well. Um, I mean, he didn't have a great season. He was banged up this season. He's kind of a disappointing year. Like, you're not excited to play Dallas Goddard, you know? Like, you'd rather play. I I think you'd rather just go Kelsey, uh, Tyreek. Don't have to think about that game. And you know what? I'm gonna fade the Eagles and take Rashad White. Now I'm yes. really yeah. Fade. Not Man. yeah, exactly.
0: That's. I think too. this, this domino, we're not going to know until, you know, the Friday and Saturday practice reports, right? Because that domino is going to determine all of this. Obviously, if AJ Brown was ruled out, it's going to funnel to Dallas Goddard. If it is like legitimately up in the air, whether he's going to play or not, people might just throw their hands up in the air and be like, I'm not dealing with this. Like I'm going to either soft fade or full fade it. And then if he's in and it's like AJ Brown's good to go, got in the full practice, then I think we're back to him. In the Boomer Opto, but like those three scenarios, I think are going to send us in three different directions based on you know updated reports before lock.
1: Yep, I could I could see the Eagles maybe falling. Like if AJ Brown, if we we just don't know. Like it's like really we just like God. I just don't feel good clicking him, but I also don't want to click Goddard. I could maybe see it going to Elliot. Yeah, Jake Elliott. Yeah. And people playing the Tampa Bay
2: side of this in a in a bigger way. Yeah, One hundred percent. Especially because Tampa Bay is the home team and there's two viable players there that you can you can really jam if you want. Like, like, especially because people don't like the running backs, right? And like the idea of getting getting a or finding a good reason to play Rashad White, you know, I, just make people happy.
0: I, I honestly think, well, I guess we'll get into how thin running back is, but I also wonder if people might say, like, fill out the lineup and then be like, you know what? If AJB can't goes, I don't even like this spot. I'll just pivot it straight to Mike Evans, who gets to face, you know, one of the worst secondaries in football at home, and I don't even have to really rechange my lineup.
2: Yeah. Great yeah, I, I I agree with you. That's a, that's a great point.
0: Um, um. So, yeah, that one's very much – up in the air uh where are we going here next hassan
2: yeah so last but not least on the on the flex side this is probably going to be nico collins right um like i i think people are going to want to play this through the fact that houston's got a pretty solid offense it's a home game for them uh you can actually throw on on the browns um right and i think that that's where nico collins comes in because people are going to be pretty excited to play a guy who's what you shut you pencil them in for like eight plus targets, right? Um with and the potential of a second game. And that's where where I think this is this is like oh this is a pretty tough pick. Because again, like you said, Amari just torched his team not too long ago. But like what are the odds of him repeating it, especially considering that he's nursing an injury? He's still also got a contender with Njoku. I think people are gonna play uh the defense as as the Cleveland defense, right? Like I think that, that that's gonna be their soft fade and then Chase McLaughlin becomes that other software there.
0: So I think I disagree. Yeah, um, just like as a reference one. point, like Najoku goes ahead of Nico in underdog drafts. And that famously is a half point, not 1.5 yeah. tight end. So like, I think sentiment wise, and just with um, the fact that I think some people will roll out one tight end lineups with Najoku, I I think you're going to see Njoku or a Brown at a higher clip. And they're also um, favorites too. And so I think people will much be either hard fade or soft fade the Texans here. So that, that would be my quibble with it. Um,
1: I'm I'm with the on here as far as kind of the, I have Nico as a chalkier piece than Njoku or, Hmm. or Amari. Because you have you have to pick one. I have the Texans at a higher overall fade level than the Browns. Okay. But of all of the players we're discussing, Amari, uh, Njoku, Nico, I
2: have Nico as the highest owned. Yeah, it's just it just comes down to like just the fact that you have to play a guy.
0: In the in, again, the AJB stuff. Could again change things. Yeah, where this, people this, then go, All right, I'll play that game as the shootout. I'll play one yeah. of Njoku Nijoki, Nijoki, or Amari mm-hmm. uh, along with Nico.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm coming at it from, too, is you might end up seeing more Jake Elliott teams and get Njoku and Nico on the same team. But I do agree with Asan that I think the most popular play from Cleveland is going to be their defense.
0: Interesting, man. I don't know. That's how
1: I have Cause... it too. Hmm. But it's basically a three-way split. I have it as mm-hmm. like a three-way split between their defense, uh,
2: Amari, and Njoku. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where like it becomes interesting for where you're building your lineups because this is where like it becomes a pick your own adventure type of thing. Yeah, right. Like, and that's the issue. So, so that there's no there's no clean leverage here. Right. Right. There there really
0: isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I do kind of agree with you that like people, when they are, one of the beauties of this contest is people gravitate to what feels like the coziest thing. And you're looking at these defensive spots and it's like, you're not using the Cowboys defense versus the Packers. You're not using the bills defense versus the Steelers. So then it's like, what's the defense I like, you know, who really pins their ears back and gets the quarterback. The boomers are going to love the Browns there. So I do agree with you in that stance. I guess from my spot though I'm like this version of the Browns is like this is a fun team. Like they're letting Flacco cook. Najoku could just rack up a monster game in 1.5. That's where I'm gravitating, but I, I I see your guys's argument for Browns D there for sure. Um should I fill that in? Hasan, I assume that's what you
2: have. Yeah, and then you get and that's where you get Chase McLaughlin from. I think I think realistically boomers are going to definitely want to fade the backers. And and this, I mean, the and the Steelers, right? Like, the less said about the Steelers, the better. But like, the Packers don't have any clean players that you just want to feel comfortable picking in, which really makes, from a game theory perspective, all Packers skilled players very interesting to me. You know, Aaron Jones with his like 100 yard games, and you also got Jaden Reed who's been coming on, and then you can get Romeo Dubs, right? Like, it becomes, it becomes interesting, but I think this is where. You're gonna catch some ownership. Um, and this is sort of where how this lines into your last running back there is this is how people back themselves into Kyron, right? Like this is like Kyron's been like the RB1 twice since coming, like the RB1 twice since coming back from injury. Like he just gets fed in the in 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 the receiving game, even when they're trailing, like there's just no way to not have Kyron Williams there.
0: Yeah. I I agree. I think of, you know, we, we did kind of, we went down to like Diggs and this AJB and Nico. I mean, Pat, as far as like overall percentage, and I know there's Puka and and Cooper Cup, but I I feel like Kyron's going to be a higher percentage than a lot of these guys we just discussed.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 I have him uh, at 55%. So I have him hit more than Kelsey. Um, He's one of the chalkiest guys uh, in a tournament, I think. It's just a comfy click. The running back's not. Like it's really him and CMC that you feel good about because even like Rashad White, you're, you're going, yeah, but do I even want to pick the bucks? You know? And I think that's where the AJB stuff comes in. Cause I think, let's say AJ, let's say people just really don't feel good about the Eagles. It's funny because I did the boomeropto on my own and this is exactly what I had. I didn't, we didn't, we didn't discuss before this. So I, I am in complete agreement, but I do think that the A.J. Brown uh, part of this creates an alternate boomer opto where you go Jake Elliott, Rashad White, uh, David Njoku, and and the Texans D is is probably the way people would play that. Or or no, sorry, let's say Steelers D, Texans hard fade.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because yeah. then you because then you're just paying the Browns to win and like it doesn't matter what what the, the Texans do at all. Right. Yeah.
0: And I think they're I think down in these bottom ones here, specifically, you know, the kicker and defense. I think there's a lot of room for shuffling. And this is where the ownership projections are going to probably have the most volatility, specifically with the Eagles situation. People like Mike Evans. People like Jaden Reed. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jaden Reed come in maybe a little hotter than expected too. in scenarios that people want to play that game is the shootout. You know, there's, there's some attractive pieces here that I think are going to make a lot of this interesting.
1: If you play a Packer, then you're fading the Rams, the dolphins, the lions or the chiefs, I think, right? Because, or you're fading two sides of one game, right? Which so. some people will do, but yeah but you're i think the packers are difficult they're very difficult click like I, I think i have i have i have the total fades on the packers at 91 percent.
0: man i'll mm-hmm. tell you right now I'll, I'll be pounding the table for for some jaden reed in uh cowboy soft fades
2: any interest in aaron jones and cowboy soft fades if I, I only think, because yeah i think he's viable I, what I would say is, if if the one of the big edges
1: in this tournament is picking a bracket, then the Packers become a really interesting pick because you're, you're going, you know what, I'm going to pick a winner between the Chiefs and the Dolphins. I'm going to pick a winner between the Rams and the Lions. Having done that, I feel more comfortable fading. I know that the Chiefs are winning this game, so now I'm more comfortable fading Tyreek, or I know the... The Rams are actually going to lose this game. So I'm more comfortable fading Kyron, whatever it is. That then opens up the Packers, who I do think are pretty interesting. And I think they'll they'll sorry, I said 91%. That's for the Steelers. I have 84% fading the the Packers, which is still very high. Um, 91% fading the Steelers. I just don't think basically anyone picks the Steelers. But if you've got, you know, only 16% of the field rostering a Packer. Then you know any packer you pick is going to be a nice little leverage play.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's how you play your CD lambs and your CMCs on the same team, right? Yep. Yep.
0: Yes, it, yep. but like Pat was saying, you then have to pick a loser in one of yeah. those other games that people would prefer to play both sides. Um, but it's yeah. like, like you said, it, it seems crazy. And this is where the ownership disparity between the likelihood of like even Jaden Reed outscoring Tyree kill where they both lose much less the leverage scenarios where the Packers upset the Cowboys and the Dolphins lose. Like you can just be, you could be pulling away from just such a large swath of the field with that single pivot.
1: Mm. I think Kyron becomes a really interesting fade because the Rams might lose this game, and you like the the Lions are an attractive uh, opposing team, but partly because they don't really have a great pass rush and you can pass all over them. That's that doesn't have that much to do with Kyra. So like you could have you could have Puka go off, yep, and you don't have him, and but that's that it. doesn't hurt you so much because he's not the chalk. Right, or you could have cup go up. Cup could cup could be ten percent. So he goes off, and you're like, ah, shit! I wish I had more cup. But I got Jaden Reed, and Jaden Reed had a really nice game. And Kyron Duds, and Kyron be Kyron loses to Reed. You can still win by by. And by the way, I think cup is going to be a pretty sweet play as
2: well. I agree. Yeah, cup. Both cup and Puka, I think, are going to be very nice plays.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is this is going to be fun because I want to say in previous years, like when we've gone through it, I've, I feel like some of the boomer chalk felt even more obvious uh, than this is this year. I mean, it, it gets dicey down there, partly because of Travis Kelsey and Stefan Diggs, you know, not having awesome years. They just before those guys would come preloaded in this stuff. <laughs> yep. Um, Blair, any other thoughts on how this uh, shook out here from a boomer perspective?
3: uh no i agree with with all of this i do think uh i mean yeah i think kyron is the most likely ram to pull in this kind of ownership i think that people might see the matchup against detroit and say oh this is a game where we need to play puka or something but there just aren't any other running backs you can play that you feel confident about so Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see I like this as the boomer opto. I can see some of these not being necessarily the most chalky plays on their team, like with Njoku, um, with uh, you know, maybe Rashad White or Mike Evans instead of McLaughlin. But
0: do you know where I could maybe see some 2v2s? And again, not saying this is the boomer opto, but maybe higher than expected. I think people could talk themselves into some James cook and then mm. talk themselves into some puka to where that two V two maybe isn't as big of a stretch as you would maybe think. The,
2: uh, yeah, that was, yeah. Th- that was one that I was like contemplating as well. Like a two V two on, cause I, re- I really thought puka was initially, I thought puka was going to be the chalk. So I had that. And then I had James cook. I thought a lot more about it and I just realized people this, like, they just can't click James cook that much just because Josh Allen gets all those rushing touchdowns. James cook doesn't get a lot of receiving work. Like it becomes really challenging. Yeah. And it, honestly, but like, I agree with you. I, I could see it. I can see that.
1: Are you, are you sure that cook has played more than Dalton Kincaid?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the issue, right? Like, well, like how many I, entries
0: is Liam putting into this contest yeah. to help I me? Answer to that question. Premium. <laughs> uh,
3: do you think, Rashad White comes in as an attractive running back option if you want to play Puka.
1: Yeah, I think that's yeah. been and Nick in the chat's been been pounding the table for Rashad White. And I keep thinking about that one. That my initial read was that Rashad White would be the chalk, and then I went to Evans as kind of the game script play. If people wanted to play that more as a shootout, but if people are starting to feel worse about AJ Brown and they're just like, ah, this game let me just take the comfy player from this game and bet on the bucks to win at home. I I think he, I think he's probably not just the, the highest owned buck, but potentially in the boomerop. Yeah. Maybe, maybe people go white and Jake Elliott and that's how they handle that game.
0: Man. I I get the positional scarcity thing with running back, but the, the market very much prefers Mike Evans to Rashad white, like in a Mm -hmm. vacuum Uh, in the,
1: in the underdog stuff.
0: Yeah. And just just in general, like when you see, you know, like throughout the year, like even thinking into playing DFS this year, I mean, Rashad White, like always came in lower than you would expect for his workload. He's never been as sexy of a click as his workload would indicate, you know, like he should have been. But for some reason, he's just never gotten like even when James Cook had his stretch, people were like, holy shit, look at James Cook. Like no one has ever like, holy cow, I'm ready to go to (laughs) battle with Rashad White.
1: It's true. Well, now you just convinced me the other way. I keep flip-flopping.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the only – I certainly see the running back scarcity position, though, in, in how, like you said, with the AJB and stuff. But if it's just a flex spot, oh, for sure, Mike Evans over Rashad White. But if yeah. you are getting the Puka Cup stuff and then someone's trying to find that next RB, I, I could certainly see it there.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think that's because I only have 2. Uh, 4 or five running backs right now. Um, so that means I've got about a half a running back flex spot of, of, of four flexes. So there's not a ton of, that's a low, that means that people are playing an average of five wide receivers, one and a half tight ends, um, and two and a half running backs. That's a pretty wide receiver heavy build for FFPC.
0: But that's, that's the way things have trended in the main event, you know, like that this has been a whole scale change where the boomer opto this ain't your grandfather's boomer opto this is a hip... this is a th- you, these guys are out here playing pickleball boomers that's right kind of have their finger yeah. on the pulse just not quite <laughs> but,
2: they're yeah. not they're not you're ready to commit to padel but they love themselves to pickleball yeah <laughs> it's but that's but that's sort of the thing right is that like is that like even some of the running backs that we really like to play, right, like the like the Jameer Gibbs and the and, and the Devon Achans, it's very difficult to even play those guys, given who is el- else is on their team, right, like like if you're trying to go play Jameer Gibbs, like there's so much that's like holding you back, just from a rational perspective of. He's not going to outscore Amon Ross and Brown probably isn't going to necessarily get all the work because of Sam Laporta. Then he also cedes the red zone work to David Montgomery, right? Like there's just so much working against him. And even with HN is like, do you really want to play this running back on the road in Kansas city? Right. <clears throat> Especially as he's splitting time with Raheem Mostert. Right. So it's just, it's so difficult like finding or locking in one of those, um, you know, guys you could project for 20 touches and like people don't like, don't like that right they just get they get nervous they get and it's fair you get nervous like if you're going to play one guy and he's only going to potentially play one game you want him to get all those touches
3: i wonder if just because of how thin running back is we see a little bit more ownership on on some like guys like singletary or jerome ford who you wouldn't necessarily even consider in
1: this contest in most seasons that's interesting and and Mm. i do think it's a it's one thing to think about with White is that, like, it is a little different from like, because Chris Godwin's come on a little bit recently. Yeah. And so I don't think anyone really plays Chris Godwin. I am at 3%. But it does make Evans feel less comfy as a click. And it's a similar dynamic to Puka versus Cup. Which one do I take? Well, honestly, I should just take Kyron so I don't have to think about it. And you get the same thing with white. Well, white, I don't have to think about white and you know, he opens up another, you know, Oh, I can do this cool pivot elsewhere. He's one of the guys that, that unlocks those types of moves. So In,
0: in the thing you think about too, right. It's similar to the ARSB stuff, the Debo conversation from before the running backs who catch passes, feel good in both game scripts where people aren't going to be worried about, okay, the lions are rolling. Well, guess what? Kyron's still on the field. He's still catching passes. They're still drawing up screens for him. The problem, I think when you go to the Singletary Ford stuff, not that I don't agree with you, Blair, but just from a thought process, they're like, what if my guy gets in a negative game script? And all of a sudden, Jerome Ford's not even on the field anymore, or Devin Singletary's not even on the field anymore yes. in those scenarios. Yes. It doesn't feel comfy. And so then you look around the landscape and it's like, which backs even catch passes? Okay, you're gonna play seven and a half point road dog Aaron Jones as one of your two? Are you gonna play Jameer Gibbs in a split backfield and not play Amon Ra? Like it's the running back spot is so so thin this year from like a comfiness perspective. Right.
1: Do you guys think Aaron Jones catches anything at all? Because that's that's one of those spots. Like maybe was- I need to raise him slightly, like you know, four or five percent and bring. That fade down just a tab because it is kind of an obvious spot where you like you're like oh I'll, I'll play this game is is kind of a shootout and he he's good and he, you know he's not a game script dependent back
3: right I was actually thinking that because you have that element of the running back being thin you have not really anyone else on the Packers that's that interesting you also have kind of the recency bias with Jones coming off three hundred yard rushing games in a row. Um and also being a guy who who can catch passes. So yeah, I can definitely see a case for for Aaron Jones catching some.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be very small. I my candidate to surprise from a running back ownership perspective would be Pacheco. Because mm-hmm. I think Kelsey I feels so thin. People have been pretty stoked on Pacheco just yeah. when he's been playing workload's been good i could see him being that guy and people like that they're playing that as a chiefs win it's cold we're at home we get the win um i'm gonna roll with pacheco there who's been the engine of the offense
1: to to talk the larger market though kelsey is still going first in the underdog stuff yes um and the running backs there you know that that can be a difficult spot with the way that contest works, you often kind of need the running back. So, um,
0: but the spread isn't big Pat it's, it's a 15 versus 20 ADP even for Kelsey and Pacheco right now.
1: It's not, you're right. It's not big and Kelsey's been falling, but you know, with the tight end premium, like that Mm -hmm. format, I think boosts Pacheco and this one Boosts Kelsey. True. True.
0: Yeah. That, that one will be interesting. I would say like just the pure strength, Of the boomer opto, even almost from like a points per projection, like each year, if you would have like done it, you know, used one of the, you know, duration of the playoff rank projections. Like, I think this one would have to project worse than in so many previous years.
2: Mm. I think it just does because the running backs are so weak
0: and the tight end and
2: and the tight end. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause you used to, you would have gotten a monster projection on Kelsey, any of those previous years.
2: Mm -hmm. Like you, like, like. It wasn't even a que- like, the the question was how can you still play Kelsey around all the rest of these guys right like like how like how can you not not play Kelsey it was like the CMC thing like how do you not not play him right Yep.
1: so I've been adjusting the Kelsey ownership down as we've talked I'm but I've I've not been adjusting Rice up I've actually lowered him slightly as well JGFC asks where you think. The Rashid ownership comes in. Where do you guys think he lands? I probably have him in like the five
2: to eight percent range, right? Wow, I have him at eight percent. Yeah, I think that's
0: right, and I think it also makes him one of the best. Just one of the the tournament.
3: Let's see, my uh, my initial thought was going to be more like 20 percent, but
1: no, No, I think we'll go to Pacheco. Pacheco
3: one of the
1: one of the the kind of the lasting and maybe maybe we'll slowly change this over time but we've been doing content around this around this contest for years and and it's if anything i feel like the chalk has been consolidating even more yeah. um people don't break ties evenly or like 60 40s don't go 60 40 they go 80 20 people go 80 20 on 60 40s in this like small
0: situation. field dfs ownership mm, the smaller yeah. the stakes yeah. the more the chalk it's condenses. just
3: that, it's just that travis kelsey is just not uh not a comfy click
1: and Pacheco, i have Pacheco, i've got Pacheco up to 35 Pacheco, Pacheco yeah maybe. We're in, we're in the pod yeah
3: see but, i can see those three maybe not maybe not splitting it evenly but i i would i would guess a much closer uh, spread between
2: those three guys between yeah. between Kelsey, yeah,
3: pacheco and rice
2: i don't i see the thing is with rice is i is like he only came on towards like the end of the season in like classic rookie wide receiver fashion and <laughs> i still think i still think people are going to like dock themselves into the chiefs are going to do what the chiefs always do and they're going to unleash like travis Kelsey in the playoffs they've been saved like like whatever Bullshit narrative you can concoct in your head. That's pro Kelsey. If you were to say it out loud right now, like I guarantee it's going through someone's head as they're as putting Kelsey into their into their lineup. Like, like oh no, they're gonna play a lot of this short field stuff. they's gonna uh, why else would they not throw it to him during the regular season? They were saving him for the playoffs, you know. Like they're gonna scheme him open all sorts of bullshit, just whatever you can think of. It's 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 gonna take whatever mental gymnastics it takes to get Kelsey in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why, yeah, that's why the Rice stuff is so fun because yeah. you think about, you know, if the Chiefs get down in a negative game script, okay, maybe Pacheco's not on the field as much, you know, like that scenario where it's like, I, you know, Rice could just out-target, you know, Travis Kelsey or or be the guy even in a negative game script where he's out there, like they could have a game where he's the engine and then they go on the road to Buffalo in the divisional round and he's the guy in garbage time as the bills are pulling ahead. Like, I don't know. Rice has so many outs to me game script wise relative to these other guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think rice, rice Hill is, is pretty fun because you're betting, I think more clearly on the, uh, the dolphins to win that game. And if they don't, you know, you're still okay. You don't feel great with rice versus Kelsey over two games, but you're not dead. Um, and then I think Pacheco pairs better if you're fading Hill. Don't you think yeah. not more is, betting on the win?
2: Yes. Is it is, is, is the story that you're telling yourselves that like uh the Chiefs are just gonna control the clock, control the ball, um, and Pacheco's gonna get like a couple of TDs and there's gonna be less like a uh, scoring opportunity for the for the Finns there. Yeah. Yeah, yep. and you're betting, I think you're betting like Hill didn't have
1: a good game right against the Chiefs the first time, and you're betting mm-hmm. that maybe they can limit him and then he goes away. Because you're betting if you're fading Hill, yeah. I think you really do want them to lose. Like
0: well, that's what I was I was just gonna uh, bring that up because I do think that's gonna be a really stark dichotomy of I'm gonna play Tyreek Hill, or I'm gonna full fade. I mean, A ownership could be just A chan's gonna be so mega low.
2: Three percent.
0: Do you you think he'll be three percent? I don't well, think I he'll be three percent, at...
2: but like, but like it'll definitely be low.
0: I think he's Rashi Rice territory.
2: Okay, five at 12, but that's probably a little yeah. spicy. I mean,
0: Mostert still goes ahead of him on underdog, which seems that's crazy weird. to
1: me. Isn't that so weird? It's very that's weird. crazy. Like that's, not, that's one game game and he might play not playing it? Like, why does he <laughs> go ahead? I don't get it.
3: good asked a good, uh, question. The asked a good about, question yeah about the, the possibility of two tight end teams my sense mm-hmm. is that in past seasons we've seen a lot of those and two tight end builds have been pretty popular i wonder uh yeah. do we have any any numbers on like past seasons on that and yeah, do we have I, a I sense of how popular that's gonna be this year
1: so this year i mean to there was only, there was an average of 1.3, 1.4 tight ends. Wow. So okay. that, and that was, that was pretty low. I had projected. that was 0. a better 5. tight
0: end year. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that was, that was the surprise to me. I over projected tight end by a bit last year. Um, although not by a ton. And I have it pretty similar this year at 1.5, but maybe I'm over projecting again. Um, the actual uh, projections last or two years ago was 1.8 tight ends, mm-hmm. and I had it at 1.85. Um, and then let's see if we get 2020. Do I have that? Yeah, 2020. It was I had projected 1.5 that year, and it came in 1.25. So, so that was but that actually was quite also low. with
3: a smaller lineup,
1: right? That's true. That was before the playoffs expanded. So, and I guess yep. it was 2021 as well. Um, yeah, so that's true. There were there were two less flexes.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's uh, like I think I have one more forgotten. for you here. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I don't have the 2019 loaded in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you could argue that tight end is even weaker than running back this year. And we just talked about how fucking weak yeah, running back yeah. is.
2: Yeah, it's 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 just like, like I if you, like just taking the boomer optimal right, and you were if you were to pivot Aj Brown into Dallas Goddard, and you were to yeah. f- flip out Deco Collins into David and Joker, you could see people going all in there, right? Like, but it's really difficult to see a lineup that won't have a Kelsey. In it. If you you know what I mean?
1: Well, how how much do you guys think people actually play? Let's say A.J. Brown is expected to be, like, basically fine. Mm-hmm. Um, how much do you think people actually
2: play Goddard over A.J. Brown? Oh, then it's just going to be A.J. Brown, dude. Like, I think you'd have him at, like, 55%, right? Because, okay. like, the, the the one guy who we really haven't talked about is the starting running back for the Philadelphia Eagles in Daundry Swift. Right? Yeah,
0: but everybody hates them. Like, no
2: I have him at three percent. Yeah, exactly. And like that's that that feels fair. Like I think you'd rather play Hurts over over Swift. Like it's just it's such a bad running back pool that it's so difficult to actually like just clicking that name just is like what are you doing? Like it's like it's like clicking Tony Pollard. You know what I mean?
1: Last yeah. year I projected Miles Sanders at five percent, coming off of the year that you know he had that was. Yeah significantly better than DeAndre Swift's, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um oh it, it was better. He came in at three. Yeah. yeah so it's just- I could be hot on DeAndre Swift at three. He might come <laughs> in at one yeah. or two.
0: Yeah. Um yeah I, I think when you you factor in so many things with their form. I mean Devonta Smith isn't you know hasn't been a hundred percent either like Goddard will be the de facto if there's true uncertainty with with AJB or or people just go to the kickers. They go yeah. to the kicker or they they just fade it.
1: Yeah. That's going to be the one I, I tinker with the most over the course of the week, I think, is how people play the Eagles. Because how they play the Eagles then has uh, – it, it, it factors into how they play the Bucks. It factors into, to some extent, how they play the Browns. Because Injoku and Goddard have some connection in terms of their ownership, uh, it'll factor a little bit in how people play the Chiefs because of the the Goddard Kelsey stuff. So the the AJ Brown news, I think, is is by far the the biggest one
0: yeah, that you need to keep an
1: eye on for this contest.
0: Yeah, it's it's very big. I think that'll shake up that that bottom end of the the Boomer Opto in a big way. Pat, when are you planning on dropping the first batch of ownership? Is that going to go live concurrent with the show tomorrow? Or are you going to get that out in the discords earlier?
1: Yeah, I was thinking live concurrent with the show makes the most sense, right? So I might blast yeah. it out on the the newsletter and throw it in the discord um, like at like eight tomorrow, um, eight Eastern tomorrow, and then everyone can have it, have their copy as we review it for the show. That probably works best, right?
0: Yeah, it'd be fun, Pat, if you had because like I know in our version of the sheet, you allow us to kind of go in. It'd be cool if you could figure something out even with like a Google form or whatever to allow people who actually because a lot of people and I do this too, where I like quibble with one part of it. But you also have to understand that anytime you're taking ownership away from someone has to go somewhere else, which is going to boost someone. It's like it really forces you to think through all of it in a logical way. But I, I, it sounds like there might be some people who would even be willing to take a stab at it. Maybe it would be an interesting data point for you if you, you had something like that.
1: I, I Paul's saying, please give us enough time to print them out. I mean, how, <laughs> what, what is your printer in, you know, do you, have, yeah. do you need to change the toner, you know, how yeah. <laughs> uh, much time <laughs> do you need? Uh,
0: no, I, I think that printers are old. That's definitely interesting. Um or maybe you could just share like your template for like when you put something in. I don't know. I think it'd be yeah. fun to to get some other crowdsource and then you could have like a weighted column for like crowdsource ownership or whatever.
1: Yeah, there's um I'll talk to uh to Phil Manor who who's a spreadsheet yeah. wizard, see if he can maybe come up with something. Um because I know in the leg up Discord they've been doing uh they had like a group dynasty ranking. So Oh, nice. Uh, I'll, I'll ask him if he can set up a spreadsheet for that. Because uh, that it's is that's just, definitely an interesting idea.
0: And just helping people put their money where their mouth is too. It's where it's like, man, if you if you're saying this is going to happen, like there are trickle down effects to the entire player pool that can have pretty big uh, ramifications. So, um, as we mentioned tomorrow, same time. Yeah, I, I'll too- share. it.
1: Sorry, let me. Uh, people might be curious. Uh. So this is what the way I do. It looks like, um, Let me pull this up. So let's see. Uh, so I have all the stuff down here and then this, these are all red because as I've gone on with the show, they're all out of sorts, but the, I have a total page right now. I need to just like take from D and I take or add to D and take from kicker on these various teams, but I have it set up so that, um, You see, sacrilegious has done his too. This—that's what this is here. Um, So, this is where the total fades are, and so maybe I can set up like a similar thing if people want to take a crack at it themselves. But the big thing is that these numbers make sense and kind of fit with what we've seen in past years. Like, for example, um, you know, last year. Like, just no one faded the charters. <laughs> just, so that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where like, people are just like, I'm not thinking about this. I'm just going to click Austin Eckler, and I don't care what mm-hmm. happens because I have Austin Eckler, and that's good if they win or if they lose. Um, and we're, I think we're going to see that with the Rams. That's that's like my my thinking this year with with the Rams, of, of not a team that has a great chance to go to the Super Bowl and, you know, is, is a road dog, right? Um, yeah. But they're going to be a team people still play a lot of anyway.
0: Yep. Um, so if you're in the Discord or a legendary up, uh Upside subscriber, Pat will get those out tomorrow before the show. Uh, Gretch will be back in the saddle. He's traveling back from the national championship game, but he will be with us tomorrow. We'll do kind of a full sweep through Pat's ownership projections kind of fiddling with those again appreciate all of your guys's input in the chat as we fine tune this for the challenge Blair Hassan I know you guys have a couple podcasts up on the feed uh you did one with Sacrilegious the other day you guys did one um the other day as well anything else people should be keeping an eye out for maybe uh any other written content too Blair
3: Yeah I'm hoping to have an article about this contest coming out in the next few days um so definitely be on the lookout for that over at Rotoviz. Awesome.
1: Should we build a lineup here to close out? Oh, yeah, yeah I
0: feel we did that last year, didn't we? Yeah, we we built one for uh, for each each show. I forgot about that. Good call.
2: <laughs> Blair it's, and I have another lineup that we can run by you guys later, but um, it's like he said, it's we're probably going to need some some tweaking.
3: <laughs> yes, I think it was a Buffalo um, soft fade, which yeah uh, I mean, about well, it might dad? still work
2: all
0: right i'm i'm getting us registered right now but as we do why don't we uh we start talking about it here uh Hassan, you want to start us off with a pick
2: do we want to so the question is yeah I, I i don't mind starting us off with a pick and i just i was just curious do 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 you guys have a strong preference between gibbs or hn why not both? Because mm. <laughs> I, because I, because I really I like I think those are like
1: no I don't I don't I I don't think I do really I think they're I think both what? really good plays.
2: You say one, yeah, and I'll okay. say the other. All right, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Devon Hn. Okay, like <laughs> it sounds like we're playing them both.
3: <laughs> so I, mean, just... I was gonna I was gonna say Gibbs no matter what. <laughs> All right, says. Gibbs yeah, no matter we, what. We,
0: yeah, we do that with... <laughs> All right, almost got us regged here. Um, so we have Gibbs and, A-chan.
2: Yeah.
1: and HN. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right, pat to you.
1: Um oops. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna just put it in CMC before this goes
2: all contrarian all the time. <laughs> Ooh, no, 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 but that's but this is fine, is right? But this is fine because we because like it's totally fine. Yeah, we we like this, yeah. Is a, this is a great lineup.
0: I'll chalk it up with some lamb.
2: Yeah. Um. see this is this is where it gets it gets actually difficult. Um. Blair, do you want to go first and be the yeah. second and then next? I um,
3: think they're going to do the crazy stuff. with the stake, Chalk? Well, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you've got McCaffrey and Lamb already, you. You you know, kind of depends on the quarterback, but I think I like Puka. Uh
0: yeah. Does that uh, make sense a, in this lineup? Play it opposite of. I think uh, it does, yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 I'll pick. I'll pick Rishi Rice as well. Just cause I I kinda like the two lower own picks from that from that game.
1: Mm.
0: Who did you say? Rice, rice, rice. Rice and uh, Puka, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think it's back to you, Pat.
1: I'll go in Joku.
2: Uh, that's Very
0: yeah. That's, that's, that's actually the other one I was thinking. That's a really good pick as well. Let's see, we got David Ninjoku. I will. I mean, this one is already pretty. I guess it's, it's basically Allen or Lamar. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let's roll Lamar here.
2: Yeah, and then so the, so the question is: Do we want to soft fade the Eagles right now and then put in Jake Elliott? Like that was that we would want to do or I'm, I'm comfortable soft fading the Eagles if you want.
0: Yeah.
3: <sighs> All right. The only problem is this leaves us in a position where we kind of either have to almost soft fade Buffalo or take digs, which doesn't seem great or take a stand on someone like a Kincaid. Hmm um which i'm okay with but it is
1: already fairly contrarian it's a very contrarian lineup Mm -hmm. yeah i think we can take Diggs. i mean he doesn't feel great but like what are you supposed to do right that's the that's the problem yeah
3: um i'm gonna oh boy give me pittsburgh defense
0: What? (laughs) Seriously? Uh, Seriously?
3: No, actually, hold on, let me think, because we might end up I mean, you don't want to fade Buffalo
1: at all, right? No, No, but I mean we would but Pittsburgh defense sets us up to take a bill. I know. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. So what's the difference between Pittsburgh and one of the other soft fades? I
1: think they're a good pick. I mean I think they're pretty chalky, but not in a way you need to like necessarily avoid. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's no JJ Watt, though. No. uh, The other one, TJ Watt, Watt. Yeah. <laughs> He's out. Well. Oh, no, that's, that's true. That's Maybe that's good. a bad. Yeah. Maybe that's kind
3: that's of like Yeah. Although I'm, I wonder, yes. oh, if no TJ Watt, then they'll be lower owned. But also, if TJ Watt were playing, would you think they would be more likely to upset the Bills? God, it'd be so funny if they lost to the Steelers.
2: If, if if they do, you'd want you'd want to have like a Jalen Warren do, then lineup. Then we need to take right? Warren, Jalen Warren, Deontay Johnson. you are all the money, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I don't think take the one team <laughs> with Jalen Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Two Jalen Warren games. I'd be so
1: contrarian to add Jalen Warren on this lineup. It'd be so funny. When Four
2: running like, backs.
3: When it looked like Miami was going to win that game against Buffalo at like halftime, I was trying yeah. to kind of talk Hassan into a Jalen Warren. Chiefs fade team. <laughs> I mean, oh, this
0: team's already off the rails, so we we can stick to landing however we want.
2: Uh, it's it's very unique. In a, I'll
1: I'll go digs, and then you can pick our uh, yeah our buck. I guess we ha- we have to basically take a buck, take a buck. Yeah, could take
3: uh-huh. could take a packer,
1: right? Or
3: yeah,
2: yeah, we, no, yeah, we could take.
1: We have Jake Elliott, so we need a buck.
2: oh. Yeah, because because oh, right. one of right, our right. one of our players is Digs, right? Yeah, or are our
1: players with Digs. I don't think we need Kincaid here, so I, I think we should. I, I'm going to pick Diggs and then
2: Peek and decide on our butt.
0: Yeah, let's just do Evans.
2: Yeah, it's like an easy click. Uh, do we want? Do we want uh, Pittsburgh as a defense, or is there like a better D?
3: I mean, I guess Houston is a better defense playing at home, but do we? nah I think I'd rather. I think it's fine. Yeah. Just, I think it's fine. play the Josh and Allen meltdown. I don't think it really matters because you don't yep. actually want your defense to play that well.
1: I think you exactly. basically want to randomize the D. And I do yeah. think. Yes. I do think Pittsburgh will be pretty high owned because they have the reputation. So I, I would say we should probably take uh, Houston or what, what's our other option? Houston uh, or Green Bay or Green, Green Bay. Bay, yeah, yeah. I think Houston or Green Bay are probably better picks, just just because the ownership. I have I have yeah. Steelers D is like pretty high owned. Uh, let me see. I have them as twenty five percent. Really? Yeah.
3: It's Just because yeah, wow. I think
1: I have, Pittsburgh fade is sixty three percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's plenty of people just not playing them
2: at all. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, dudes, we did it. This is first. This night. is
2: pretty, a pretty exciting one.
0: First night of FFPC Playoff Challenge Week. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Road of His channel so you get all of Blair and Hassan's podcasts, all the written stuff. I forget. Did you guys did you mention any written stuff coming, Blair?
3: Yeah, I will have one article up about this very contest. Um, I don't know exactly the angle. Yet, oh, I know but... the
0: angle, and it, it involves a Getty Images photo of Jameer <laughs> Gibbs. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, Hassan, any final words? Any country slash continents that you would like to uh fire a shot at?
2: No, uh, still, still Australia, but uh, <laughs> uh six years in a row, but uh, no, but I mean. Check out check out our podcast that we did on Sunday. It's a, it's dated a little bit, but we talked to some of the some of the decisions here in detail. Check out all the work on on the Discord ship chasing and on Legendary Upside and, and Blair on Rodoviz. Awesome,
0: Pat. Anything else from you? Uh,
1: we're I would say we're I don't know maybe I shouldn't tease it yet, but we're trying to get something together that'll be an additional helpful piece for for this tournament. We'll see if we're able to get it out in time um but uh because basically we're trying to work on like a little interactive bracket because i couldn't find one um i
0: found that one site that we used to use and it was like Busto they hadn't updated it they hadn't updated that it since playtronics last year. or whatever yeah yeah
1: the playtronics one wasn't updating it so i'm trying to figure out if i can do that um as just like a, a quick little uh helpful tool because being I, I think one of the big things with this tournament is you want to fill out a bracket we didn't do this we didn't actually do this but the lineup that we did just built did follow an idea of we're sort of betting on certain teams to win um uh, you know to some extent so at the very least you don't want to fade both sides of the game but I also think it's just helpful to be like I'm betting on the Chiefs to win and therefore these players make more or less sense in that lineup. so for sure that'll be uh hopefully we can get that little tool out but uh either way We've got the, uh, underdog playoff best ball tool. Um, and the, yeah, the ownership projections will be coming out tomorrow.
0: Awesome. Uh, love this week. Uh, love getting to do all these shows. Like I mentioned before, we'll be here every night this week, uh, at eight 15 tomorrow night, Gretsch ownership show, Thursday, stat chasing crossover, hodgepodge, NFC, uh, FFPC underdog show. And then Friday, the capper with Dink and Leone. you guys can become YouTube members. If you want to come talk in the discord and continue this conversation as well as get access to those ownership projections tomorrow. So for Blair, for Hassan, for Pat, for all the boomers down at the sizzler, we'll see you guys tomorrow night.